<laughs> Hello and welcome to Crackin' Crime. I'm your host, Jamie Tilson. I'm your co-host, Seth Tilson. <laughs> welcome to our very first episode. You're going to bear with us as we fumble through all this and see how it's going to go. A lot of bearing. <clears throat> a lot of bearing. Yeah. So today... I'm going to tell you a story about the trench coat robbers. Have you ever heard about the trench coat robbers? No. No, I cannot. I have not. It's a pretty interesting story about, obviously, bank robbers. Hmm. Okay? So, we'd like to tell everybody a little bit about the show that we're doing. (laughs) So, our show is me, Jamie Tilson. I'm going to be telling Seth a story that he's never heard before, and we're hoping that we have a little bit of lightheartedness, a little banner, and we're just going to kind of see where the stories take us, okay? So, give us some time, and and we'll put something out decent, okay? That's good? Yeah, it works for me. That works for you? Yeah, it works for me. All right, fantastic. Because that's what the whole idea is. All right. Okay. All right. So we're going to start talking about these trench coat robbers. All right, dude, this story is freaking crazy. So there's two different players in the story. All right, so you got... Ray Lewis Bowman, and William Arthur Kirkpatrick. They robbed banks for a total of 15 years, and they stole, uh, now robbed from banks, like 28 banks. Through 15 years. Throughout 15 years. Which years were these? So they started in the early 80s, and they were caught in like 97. Hmm. Is there a total amount stolen? Yes, I have that. We'll get to that when we start talking to some of the banks. All right. Yeah. So, it's actually a pretty crazy story the way that they did it. They Nobody had any idea who the people were. They wore disguises, obviously trench coats in some of them. And they would wear like makeup, uh, fake mustaches, uh, all kinds of different little things. They didn't go in traditionally, so they would either go in before or they would go in after the bank closed. Hmm. Yeah, crazy. And one of them, it was really crazy because they actually broke into the bank manager's house. Kidnapped everybody in so there. So they're going into the banks before and after their, so not during business hours. Not during business hours. Yeah. So no one's there. No people, just employees. Uh, before they're open? Yeah. So what, just during setup or close down? Yeah, exactly. Okay, because for, for a second there, I was wondering why they bothered to wear makeup and mustaches at all. I was like, no one's there. Like, what's the point of wearing a mustache? I know. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> were well, there cameras, cameras back then? There were some the 80s, cameras. Were there? Yeah, especially in the 90s. I don't know. Yeah. Huh. In the 90s, there was definitely some. I thought that was invented in my, my day. What would be like 2000s? Nobody knows your 90. age. It was 90s, 10 years later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were still robbing banks in the 90s. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So you think back to the 90s and it's like, oh yeah, this is some of the stuff we had. 
Ha! Yeah. I didn't know they had cameras then. They did. They absolutely did. I guess they must have. I was watching America's Funniest Home Videos back then, so. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And people had, I mean, those things were huge. They were like massive camcorders. Mm-hmm. You had to like wear a shoulder brace even in order to carry the darn yeah, thing. You they had were... to have some kind of weightlifting background. Oh, absolutely. To be able to hold yeah. them up. Yeah. Yeah. Put on your uh, weight belt just yeah. in order to pick the thing up. Yeah, you got to support your back. <laughs> All right, so Bowman lived in Kansas City at the time of his arrest. And Kirkpatrick lived in Barnesville, Minnesota. Hmm. So they didn't live in the same town. They weren't really connected in any other way other than they would get together, they would rob these banks, and then they would go their separate ways. Hmm. Then they would meet up again like a year later. Or six months later, whatever, do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely crazy. So, a little bit more story about Ray Lewis Bowman. He dated Cheryl Clark in 1983. He lived very extravagantly, and he would take her like limos, um, but he always had a room that she would not go in. So, she wasn't allowed to go in his room. They broke up in 1989. And he started dating Jenny Delamonte. They moved in together in 1990. He had a locked room. She wasn't allowed to go into. She never even tried to. Um, Would never talk about his employment. So she had no idea. And then he took care of her completely. Took care of her kids. Um, They would live crazy extravagantly. Right? Mm. And then he would leave town for his business trips. And she didn't know what he did for employment. Nothing. Never asked. Didn't care. Just had money. I had a friend in high school kind of like that. We never... It was... Well, I had two friends. They were brothers. And they had a mom that that was dating their stepdad. They'd been together for a long time. And no one ever knew what he did. You'd always ask him because they lived in the really big house. Biggest house in the neighborhood. Like, geez, why do you, how do you guys do that? What does your stepdad do? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what he does. And then, like, I was young, so I didn't put it together like he had a tattoo on his face. But to me, I was like, oh, it's probably, <laughs> it's probably corporate somewhere. Oh, yeah, definitely corporate. Probably, probably uses yeah. makeup covers. It. I don't know. I don't know what he does. <laughs> I guess maybe he's a UFC fighter. I don't know. And he's, we're not allowed to see his fights. I don't know. Right. But I he's can doing see that. Right. But then, like, you know, SWAT came in there. And, like, took him away. It was drugs. <laughs> it's for, definitely well, drugs. Okay, he told us all this for for what? What did they take him away for? Drugs. Oh, drugs. Yeah, trafficking. Drugs, because he had, like, a marijuana tattoo on his cheek. I don't know what it was. I think it was a skull. It was, oh, it was a skull. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was, like, to me, it was, like, So it didn't, like, probably, give away his He employment. probably goes to church. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> I was thinking of like gave away his employment, like you know, he's a <laughs> yeah. truck driver. He's got a semi truck on his neck, you know. Like I don't wonder what that guy does. Yeah, there's always U-Haul trucks in the driveway, but no one was ever moving. We're <laughs> just like that's, that's awkward. Whatever, you want to play basketball? <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay, so now on to William Kirkpatrick. Okay, William had a girlfriend, Myra Penny. She knew all about the robber. She knew she actually helped everything. So he would say, we're going to this town. You need to find me motel rooms. They would get everything booked. She would pay all of the bills while they were gone. Like They like kept business receipts. 
<laughs> what? No. <laughs> She'd pay all the bills for him. She's like, <laughs> yeah, this is a tax hotel. deduction. All right, this is all tax hotel deduction. Hotel in Holdridge. <laughs> when we robbed that bank. You claim that on taxes. That's right. Yeah. You claim all of that. They couldn't keep up with them either. They were like, who are these people? I don't think about the people that are, you know, claiming the bank robberies on their taxes. When you're scoping that place out, how much do you think you're going to spend on food? (laughs) You're going to make like 14,000. Okay. So we're spending 10. All right. So our overhead's a little bit bad. You need to be picking better banks. (laughs) That was funny. Oh, man. So, in one of them, um, it was the motel in Fife, Washington. They stayed under the alias of Don Wilson. The state Washington? Fifi. <laughs> Fief? I, I don't know, Paul. I apologize. I don't, I don't, I don't know the name. It's F-I-F-E. Fife, Fifi, Washington, Fifi? though. I promise it's not Fifi. I'm from a place where I could tell you what a Fifi is. <laughs> something a man uses when he's by himself. <laughs> Usually contains a sock and some lotion, <laughs> whatever you want. I wouldn't recommend soap. <laughs> All right. So what started the whole demise of this situation? <clears throat> so for Bowman, he <clears throat> had um, storage lockers. All over the place, and this is where he kept a lot of his cash. He kept a bunch of stuff in there, right? Bum was the one with the with the girl that knows everything. That doesn't know anything. That's oh, Kirkpatrick. Okay. So that's the other one. So, yeah. So that's yeah. the so, Kansas guy. Yeah, Kansas guy. Yeah, Kansas, yeah, Kansas guy. City, Missouri. Yeah. So Bowman failed to pay rent on one of his storage lockers. He just like has all this cash and guns, and let's see what all they. He's got. Uh, bulletproof vest, baseball hat with police on it, police scanners with earbuds. Um, books on disguises, um, videos about picking locks. But he didn't have the girlfriend that kept track of his taxes. Exactly. And his like the other one. Yeah. So his yeah. his <laughs> his accountant was not keeping up very no. good. All right. So he was not. So on May twenty second of nineteen ninety seven, the manager of Federal Van and Storage in Kansas City calls the FBI. And it was oh, like, uh, we went in there. Basically, we got some shit to show you. Okay? Because we were just going to sell some stuff, but there's like all these silencer parts, bulletproof vests, baseball hats, police scanners. You know, like, just, we, we so, kind of think that you might need to come in here. Well, now I'm curious as to why you would have a storage and a bedroom with a locked door and no one's allowed to get well, in. Well, I, I think he kept the cash uh, in his house. And you'll find out a little bit too. more because they kept stuff all over the U.S. And <laughs> and not terribly far from where they were stealing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they robbed these banks. I'll get into that. So the manager called ATF, not the FBI. I said the FBI. He called ATF. And they identified Bowman by pictures as Charles Clark. That was the alias that he was using. <laughs> was Charles Clark. So, Bowman also kind of messed up because he must have been thinking that, you know, people were going to, like, come get on to him a little bit. It was probably after the ATF was over messing with, you know, his uh, storage unit. Yeah. And they're like, shit, they took all my burglary stuff. So, I mean, maybe they got to buy more or, you know. Mm-hmm. But 
Bowman takes $480,000 in two separate briefcases to his estranged brother. They're not, they're not really close, but he goes to his brother, which is Dan Bowman. He says, hey, basically, don't, don't steal this money from me. I know we don't get along no more, but keep this money. Um, and if anything ever happens to me, give this to my two daughters. You know, 240 for this daughter, 240 for this daughter. Unless he broke it up in different. Maybe it was like like 300,000 to this one and it was like 280 to the other one. Yeah. He's like, Phew. or 180 yeah. to the other one. He's like, Phew. yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. This one, this one's get a little like more extravagant taste. Yeah. If one of yeah. them's got like, you know, it's good at sports, it's got a scholarship going, like maybe give her less. She right. She's not going to need it. Right. Yeah. Because she might, maybe doesn't need yeah. so much. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Dan was, you know, not the thief that his brother was. So Dan calls the FBI and he's like, <laughs> there's, there's something seriously fucked up. I opened these. I was like, all right, I, I'll keep these briefcases full of clothes in this closet just in case they need something. You know, I don't know. It's very odd. But he opens them and he's, again, you know, like weird denominations. You got 300000 for this daughter, 180000 for this daughter. He doesn't find it fair. And he's like, screw that. I'm calling the FBI. We're going to basically check into this. All right. So the FBI gets there. They check the numbers. And a few of the serial numbers come back to, it was C First Bank, which was the very last robbery, which is a huge amount that they stole. Oh, it's, it's huge. But they found the ABA numbers and they matched up to the from the bank robbery. So they were already kind of closed in on Bowman. Do you okay? have ABA numbers for us people who aren't police officers? Um, I don't know. I'm guessing like... Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to make a guess. ABA number. It's that's that's the long number on your dollar bill. Well, I'm glad my tax dollars pay you. (laughs) 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 Okay, now that was kind of the closing in on the demise of Bowman. But before anything really happened with Bowman, Kirkpatrick got stopped by Nebraska State Patrol. In just outside of Lincoln off of I-80 on November 10th, 1997. Because he was going seven miles an hour over the speed limit. <laughs> and he... I've got, I've got this right here. That's why I cruise at four over. <laughs> so the, the state trooper was apparently Chris Bigsby. And he was... Um, driving a rental car because they had gone to Las Vegas um, I believe to like clean out a storage unit that he had in Las Vegas in the vehicle though it's crazy let's see if I can find how much he had in the uh I'm interested to know what he had in there because if I have an open container, I'm I'm going two under. Right. No. Okay. So this is nuts, right? So he's coming from Las Vegas. He's got one million eight hundred eight thousand seven hundred seventy-six dollars in the car. Jeez. He's got a letter um, or a note in the vehicle. It's got Ray Bowman's zip code on it. <laughs> he's got credit cards <laughs> in a different person's name. And then his police scanner, plastic ties, and then he's got four fake mustaches in the vehicle. 
and a crayon colored map of his next book he's planning on hitting. It's got an X on the bank. It's got an X. I'm like, okay, these are all the ones we've done. This is where we're going. <laughs> we always color the banks in blue. <laughs> The larger scores, and then and then this is the uh, red X's as to where all of our money's at throughout the U.S. This is where it's all <laughs> yeah. at. Yeah, come get it. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so his girlfriend Penny was arrested for money laundering when she came to bail out Kirkpatrick from jail because she obviously used stolen money. Oh God! <laughs> to pay the bail. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They did so good for so long. and then They, they did. Yeah. 15 years, they're like the biggest geniuses that ever, oh, like people are like, holy oh. shit, we'll never find these people. We're not finding any money. We don't even know who they are. We got, z- we got zero clue who these people are. Jesus then all of a sudden Christ. they just unravel. Yeah. Like, all right. You got $1.8 million in the trunk of this rental car. <laughs> We're driving down Interstate 80. All right. I don't like going slow. All right. So the speed limit... Back then, it's probably 65. Yeah. So I was like, go 72. Right? Yeah. Right? Screw it. We, Why not? We, we can't be fucked with. Swerve. Yeah, yeah swerve all over the road. It doesn't matter. Don't even use yeah. turn signals. Both, both of these lanes on this interstate, yeah. they're ours. Don't wear your seatbelt. Fuck that. To quote, to quote Tropic Thunder, I believe it was Robert Downey Jr., you never go full retard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean anything disrespectful to the mentally challenged people either, by the way. It's just I'm quoting a movie. <laughs> that I find hilarious. All right, so when I was going through this and I was looking at some of the, uh, it was the uh, appellate records um, for the United States versus Bowman um, when he appealed the case, he they charged him with five banks. So the only information I could really find was five of the banks. All right, so the first bank that they charged him with was in Des Moines, Iowa. It was Hawkeye Bank. <clears throat> they got away with 48500 They went at 3.30 in the morning on November 6, 1987. They went into the home of an employee of the bank. They tied up the employee, the wife, and the children, loaded them up into the vehicle, and then they went to the bank before bank hours, went into the bank, and then as employees entered, basically then they had the employees take them in, entered in the vault, made it with 48000 hmm. Okay? Bank number two <clears throat> was Michigan National Bank in Saginaw, Michigan. So 20 minutes before opening, on May 28th of 1992, they entered through a locked door because this is where the lock picks come in from Bowman, right? So they would pick the lock. He would have like a uh, piece of metal on a wristband on his wrist. And then and then Kirkpatrick would have the plastic ties. So then while Bowman had a gun, Kirkpatrick would tie everybody up. And then um, Bowman would take the teller back into the vault. And then he would load up all of the money out of the safe deposit boxes and out of the vault and stuff. Mm. So on this bank... They've got away with $122,386. And then on May 29th of 92, the day after the robbery, 
they went to a bank. They went to Northwest Bank, or sorry, Norwest Bank in Bloomington, Michigan, which is not far from, I believe, how, where okay. they... How, sorry, how... <clears throat> What was the amount of time in between these two jobs you're speaking of right now? All right, so this one was May 28th of 92. The other one was 87. But they said that they had robbed 28 banks, or is what they were suspected of. So between the first and the second, it was a five-year gap. Yes. Huh. Yeah, you couldn't live off 48,000. Well, maybe in 87. But 122,000. 122,000 in 92 was a pretty big take. Yeah. Right? This is the funny part, though, because, again, on May 29th, the day after that robbery, in they went to another bank, and they deposited money into a safe deposit box. <laughs> <laughs> the yellow bank yeah. on the map so with crayons is not that we don't touch that one. That's our money. <laughs> I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that they actually had that map, because, <laughs> because this was all found out. So they found this. When when oh, the shit. police went in to Norwest Bank in Bloomington, Michigan, they went to that safe deposit box. They found a fake mustache and $11,900. They put the fake mustache in the <laughs> bank <laughs> in the safety deposit box. All right, we cannot be caught with this. Money, fine. Fake mustaches were screwed. Okay? <laughs> Jesus Box, dude. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Oh, man, All right, bank three. U.S. Uh, bank in Portland, Oregon. At 5 p.m., they again entered through a locked door. Bowman had the L-shaped piece, L-sheep, L-shaped. That's <laughs> our first time. Everybody. I know, yeah, I, 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 this is our first time. Yeah, give it to me. All right, an L-shaped piece of wire. He took the manager to the vault while Kirkpatrick tied up. The employees. This time they made away with $233,026. So they rented rooms that time from January 6th of 94 to February 17th of 94. So you're talking, what, six weeks? Five, six weeks that they're in a hotel room casing this whole thing out. Then on February 8th of 94... They opened the, another safe deposit box at Sea First Bank in Seattle, Washington, where they put in $7,900, <clears throat> semi-automatic handgun, and a revolver. Yeah, we're all on that one. Jeez. Yeah. Bank number four was National City Bank in West Carrollton, Ohio, on October 6th of '94. So just after closing this time, they entered the bank. Kirkpatrick tied up all of the employees. Bowman had the teller open the safe. 362529 They were staying at a hotel in Indianapolis October 3rd through the 7th of 94. Does it say what part of uh, Indianapolis? What's that? Does it say what part of Indianapolis? Um, it just said Indianapolis. Oh, okay. Yeah, in 94. And then in Clive, Iowa, the day after the bank robbery, they went to Brenton Bank in Clive, Iowa, $200,000, $220, and a handgun was in that one. Hmm. So this is money that they just got stashed now 
in, in all these banks. different safe deposit boxes the while they're stealing other banks. safe deposit yeah, boxes. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now the worst one. Well, the best one, like the best hit that they had. Um, but this is the one that really caught everybody's attention. Like 200,000, 300,000 is big. People are like, hey, we're looking for these guys. This one was big. All right. So Seafirst Bank, this is their last one, Lakewood, Washington. Okay. February 10th of 97, around 6.30 p.m. after the bank had closed, they entered again through locked doors. Um, now the bank had just received large deposits. And all the employees were in there. They're counting and stamping all of these bills um, when they came in. So again, they do the same thing. Bowman takes the people back to the all the money. And now they're um, handcuffing them with the plastic ties. They put them all into a room because there's so much money. It The money weighed 355 pounds. Jeez. So it took both of them to carry the money out of the bank. Yeah. They made it away with $4 million. Four hundred sixty-one thousand six hundred eighty-one dollars. Jeez. Yeah. <clears throat> now, on their way back, they opened safe deposit boxes in Murray, Utah, Denver, Colorado, Omaha, Nebraska. Again, Clive, Iowa, Kansas City, Missouri. All rented on consecutive days as they're traveling back, right? Hmm. Um, and it was started on February twelfth. So this is two days after the big robbery. In Bowman's name, in one of the, oh, maybe that was all of them. They they were this was all in Bowman's name, <clears throat> and then they found one million four hundred eighty-five thousand four hundred dollars, two revolvers, four handguns. No mustache. No mustaches though. No mustache I time. think those were getting a little expensive, so they were like, <laughs> yeah, we Jeez. leave guns. <laughs> Okay, but we need we we need to quit spending. Our mustache budget is like way out of whack right I'll now. I'll put the black one in there, but the red one I'm keeping. Uh, I'm keeping that, that one. one. Yeah. Everybody loves a redhead. <laughs> <laughs> so it's absolutely crazy. All right, and then I did a little bit of research. That's all I got. So basically, they were they were both arrested. Obviously, they stood their day in, in court. I believe they were both completely found guilty, right? They had so much against them at this point. Yeah. They built a really strong case. Um, you really can't find anything about Ray Bowman. But I guess I will tell this part. So Kirkpatrick ends up working with the... Um, he, he turns state's evidence, basically. And so does his girlfriend. So they're basically giving away all the secrets, giving away everything about Bowman... So then that way they can get the whole story. This is how they find everything. You know, it's it's crazy. Um, but when I tried to look up on Ray Bowman, I couldn't find that, that much. Other than his appeal, um, which was not upheld. Um, they didn't mess with anything. He, he had to serve. He got uh, 24 years in prison. While Kirkpatrick only got... Um, oh, I... They say that he, yeah, I, so I didn't write down um, how long Kirkpatrick got, but it wasn't that long. I, I think he ended up serving like five or ten years and he was out. Yeah. Bowman got 24 years. Um, when I looked up his, I, I don't know that this was him, okay? But, when, but it looks like he died in 2011 
So it just says that he was deceased at 67 years old. Um, so I'm pretty sure that that was him, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Kirkpatrick uh, <clears throat> was released in 2011. Yeah. yeah. So it says that he, and I think that they got sentenced in like 2000. So he did like 11 years for all this. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, almost worth it. <laughs> well, I, and, unless they've still got their mustaches hidden somewhere, you know. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not worth it at all. You know, I mean, yeah. if you had this glorious, like, collection of these fake mustaches, then it'd be, it'd be all yeah, worth it. Yeah, it'd be like 11 years. Worth it. God, I can't wait till yeah. I get out and I get all these mustaches back. It takes me three months to grow one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <clears throat> Oh, man, that's fantastic. Yeah, it was the New Yorker um, newspaper that that posts that they were active for 15 years as bank robbers. Mm. They tell other stories about how they kind of met in Kansas City, Missouri, stuff like that. Um, they also say that Kirkpatrick's girlfriend, and, and they were building a house in up in uh, Minnesota, and she like paid like 180000 in cash over the time period as they were doing it. So then they were, they were already being like investigated by the IRS and stuff too before the traffic stop. Really? So there was a bunch of, I mean, it was finally coming to the end. So, but it's really nuts that they were able to, for, for 15 years, they know nothing. You know, they're just called yeah. the trench coat robbers. You really can't hardly find anything about these people anywhere. You know, it's, it's crazy. So even doing research for this, there was there's not that much, you know, hmm. a couple newspaper articles here and there, but there's really not that much. I know that back in the two thousands, I had watched uh, investigates on like Discovery or something, um, investigators maybe, and it was just a fantastic documentary. So if you want to learn more, you want to watch a little bit more of a serious documentary on it, get way better details. Uh, same details, but, uh, you know, a little bit more. Better described, less mustache talk. Less mustache talk. But I mean, yeah. a little bit more boring. If that's more in your, your style, then go check that out. Um, it was actually a really good documentary. I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. So, if you like the telling of our story and the way that we told it, then tune in next week because we're going to find something else. Don't have nothing yet, but we'll keep checking. And we'll uh, we'll put out something else. Damn right. Live <laughs> <laughs> in a small town, we ain't got shit else going on. <laughs> Huskers suck at football this year. So oh my gosh! Do? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, that's not going to change for at least another five years. Yeah. So. Yep. But it's still fun to watch. And I'll still be there every Saturday. Yep. So, all right. Well, that's all we got for you guys. Check us out on all the social media places. Listen to this anywhere you get your podcasts. And we'll chat at you guys next week. Oh, yeah. Until next time. <clears throat>